Hey guys, you're listening to the Relationship Goals Podcast. I'm Weston. I'm Kayla, and we're just an average couple sharing real relationship stories, breaking down the good and bad in an effort to identify what happy, healthy relationships look like. And today we're talking with Millie and Will, who are actually my aunt and uncle, Millie being my dad's older sister. And actually, they're they're in our bedroom right now because we don't have enough microphones to have <laughs> all of us in one room. But uh, yeah, they have a great story and they have a really unique background that I think is, uh, I don't know, I I think it's really interesting. And so let's just get the introduction started. So Millie and Will, if you guys could please go ahead and introduce yourselves with your age, where you guys live and what you guys do. Yeah, hello. My name is Millie Toms, Uh, um, originally Millie Ann, and um, I am going to be turning 60 years old. And we live in Flagstaff, Arizona, and originally in Santa Barbara, California, for 17 years before that, and um, before that in South Korea. And my name is Will, and I'm 66 years old, and uh, we've been married for 36, 37 years, I think this coming May. Yeah. And um, actually, after we, we got married... When we were living in California, and as Millie said, we lived there for 17 years, and then um, we were um, led, drawn, however you might want to think of it, um, out to the Hopi Indian Reservation in 1996, and we lived there for almost 10 years, and then with our three kids, with three kids. Mm-hmm. And then from there uh, to Flagstaff, where we are now. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you guys actually went right into it. I mean, <laughs> usually we... we You're la- naturals. Yeah, you guys, <laughs> I mean, we, we were just talking about how you guys have done a bunch of interviews already. And this is this is just par for the course for you guys. But, um, yeah, I mean, one of the, just the, one of the fun things we like to do to start the podcast off is ask a kind of funny a question to get essentially our icebreaker question. So we, we still want to go back to that because it's always a fun way to start. And so our icebreaker question is if you were an ice cream flavor, which one would you be and why? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I know it's more than 21 flavor ice cream. Um, <laughs> um I, I think I need to be probably some kind of spicy ice cream, so I don't know whether there's anything existing. Oh, I'm sure there is somewhere. I wouldn't be surprised if Los Angeles had a sriracha ice cream. Oh, yeah. A sriracha ice cream. <laughs> well, we did just have some uh, um, sort of sriracha coffee. Yeah, that's true. That your mom gave me, actually, this morning. It was uh, apparently had some cayenne in it or something. What would you pick for ice cream? Well, my... My favorite as a kid used to be vanilla. Oh, gosh. And, uh, I know How boring is that? <laughs> but my hair is all white now, and maybe I look more vanilla. <laughs> I, was, I was actually thinking more um, um, mint chip. Um, I, I, you know, I'm, uh, I guess I'm, I'm somewhat green. I love the outdoors. I love, you know, the... The beauty of creation and, and the planet and the cosmos, really, and um, I believe that there's a uh, an intelligent, creative being behind it all. Um, and I and I like I like the fact with mint chip that there's there's diversity. Um, I mean, again, it's not just mint and it's not just chocolate. chocolate. Chips. <laughs> chip but off of somebody's a, shoulder. <laughs> um, so I yeah I I mean I I really enjoy the the diversity of life. So I'm, I'll just stop there though. That's I love that was that. yeah that was a really <laughs> thorough explanation of choosing mint and that was wonderful. So how about you, Emily? Did you you want to stick with the sriracha? Yeah, let's keep it at that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I guess for me, I would be the strawberry cheesecake ice cream. Oh. Because uh, I'm a little fruity, I can be, <laughs> but I got chunks in me too. So there's, um, and the chunks, I don't, I don't think I have as good of a symbolic explanation as Uncle Will does. Uh, 
I guess the chunks are just the <laughs> weird parts about me that you just kind of run into as you go. Right, right. And it's tasty. It is tasty. I mean, you enjoy the company of having <laughs> this ice cream nearby you. I mean, it is it is my, actually my probably my favorite ice cream right now because there's a buf- Chinese buffet uh-huh. that my favorite part was always that ice cream at the end. Ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, good. that's great. And you, honey? Um, well, wow. Now I just, I'm like embarrassed to say mine because you guys put so much you thought vanilla? into it. No, <laughs> no, but I was going to say, I was just going to say coffee because that's my favorite thing to have. You yeah. are coffee. <laughs> but I, I can also, I w- was also debating between cookie dough, chocolate chip cookie dough. That's good too. <laughs> and I can I can relate the little round balls of cookie dough to myself. I'm like a little round ball yeah. of sugar. <laughs> You're very sweet. That's true. <laughs> well, I tell you, Kayla, I think um, other than the Asian girls that I've grown up with when I was a little girl, you have the round uh, moon-shaped face that I ever saw. <laughs> right I know. I definitely do. <laughs> That is a distinctive trait I have. (laughs) Well, ice cream aside, so in the beginning, you guys mentioned you guys have been married for, I'm sorry, was it 36, 37 years? Almost 37 years. And then how long have you guys been together for? Not much. About that long. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, It was a pretty, um, actually, um, I had uh, volunteered on a mountaineering kind of an expedition program with the uh, um, like a juvenile delinquent kind of kids in Pasadena LA area right out of high school and it was actually hard to get into it was um, by getting a job ex- except it was a volunteer position and you they really uh, you know grilled you to get in there um, and and then will later became the director and uh, it was costly and summit expeditions and so a lot of the kids in the inner city just didn't have places to go to nature mm-hmm. and um, we would take them up to the mountains and um, do rock climbing and climb the highest peak in <clears throat> certain divide and do three days of solo without any food and just with sleeping bag and it was an amazing kind of trip that uh, that i got involved with and then later will came into that program actually um, a few months later, and we knew sort of each other off and on for three years before he became the director and I got back in. But, um, uh, you know, I had heard that this Navy SEAL was coming into our program and Will mm-hmm. was that. And um, But I didn't know what Navy SEAL was, and I think that was good because I was not impressed. <laughs> so, um, it seemed like other people were impressed, but uh, and uh, so then through this uh, CN Summit expeditions and uh, having to go out uh, to the mountains, we really got to know each other. When we wake up dirty and dirt, you know, with dirt literally all over us and messy hairdo, and and you get to know one another, and that's a good way by volunteering. Mm-hmm. Um, and helping other human beings on this earth. And you really get to see, you know, the good side of another person. So it's a good way to get to know somebody. Got it. So you guys knew each other for for a while before. And then so what was the initiation as far as the first, first date or the romantic inclination? <clears throat> well, there, there, there actually wasn't a first date per se, at least for a long time. And like Millie said, initially back uh, in the in the, our, our early days of volunteering with this outdoor adventure program, we um, we just sort of, you know, we're like, you know, we're passing ships in the night, so to speak. We we didn't really get to know each other. We just, you know, saw each other. At staff meetings and things like that, but there were a lot of other staff, so. So uh, several years later, I, I was the, now the director of the program, and I needed a, a, a female staff person, and a mutual friend suggested Millie, and, and so she joined us, and, um, <clears throat> and then um, she was supposed to work with uh, another male uh, leader 
on a trip that I, that we were doing and I was overseeing. Uh, we, we had two groups that were taking kids out. We had basically a boys group and a, and a girls group. And Millie and this other fellow were going to be leading the girls group. And kind of at the last minute, the, the male co-leader co um, dropped out and I ended up taking his place. So mm -hmm. as a result of that, Millie and I spent um, essentially about two and a half weeks, I think, up in the Sierras together. Um, and that, that was really, you know, again, as she said, it was really our introduction. And, and to me, I was <clears throat> later, um, I mean, I don't think either of us really had any, uh, any feelings for one another, but later when all of a sudden I got sort of blindsided by, uh, being attracted to her, <laughs> I, I, he was slow he was dumbing <laughs> he's taking his time <laughs> well it was kind of out of the blue i mean i i one at one point she was just uh you know a, a female staff gal working with me and and the next day almost all of a sudden my the uh your eyes got the, opened huh? the scales fell from my <laughs> eyes and I, and I saw her all of a sudden as this very attractive young lady um, who I was very drawn to. And, uh, and so, and I then guess, he was I very guess, aggressive after that. I guess we had dated. Yeah, I was, I was very, um, one, one minded that I was pursuing her. And I knew, I, I knew I was in love when he took me out to a Chinese restaurant in Lompoc, California, when we were visiting a, one of our gals, and I could not eat. And that's the first time I that I remember that I could not hardly swallow, and I knew I was in love. <laughs> so that's what that feeling is. <laughs> oh, that's great. So how long were you guys together before getting engaged or before getting married? Well, I think, again, we, we worked that program during the summer. So let's just say July. And it was probably about October, November, somewhere in there that I proposed to her. Um, so, again, it went went pretty quickly yeah just a matter of months and then we uh we set the date for for may the following year so wow. about six months later we were married well at first actually i rejected his proposal and i have the letter that i had written to him hmm. saying why that i felt like i was too young i was 22 at hmm. that time um he was seven years older at that time and very much ready and so i had written i think like a very full three to five page letter saying why i was not ready and whether he could wait and then uh a week later i changed my mind what what do you think led to you changing your mind i think i really remember um counting the cost um and actually even having to be somewhat um, subjective uh, and just really thinking through, uh, almost like a business mind uh, uh, and writing down things, pros and cons, why I should and why I shouldn't marry this guy. And I had all these um, on pros, all these positive things about Will um, on one side and then only two cons were that he was poor at that time, and, um, and I think that was about it. And that was actually important to me that he was not so poor, but I realized that um, eventually that that would not matter, that ultimately that was gonna not be uh, that important to me, that we could make it work. And so I changed my mind. <clears throat> Yeah. And um, so oh, I was going to ask, uh, so as far as is that is, did you guys discuss the discuss it all before or was it a, a surprise as far as the proposal? Uh, where was that? Uh, how did that play out? Um, I would. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we had some conversation before the actual proposal 
Uh, in fact, Millie likes to remind me that one day we were walking down the beach and I, and I made a remark to her that, um, that our kids were not going to look like me because she's Korean. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he just said, I mean, this is before he even proposed. I mean, walking down, wow. The moon was like, you know, just, you know, uh, on the, in the water, it's just glistening. And, and all of a sudden he says to me, you know, um, I'm realizing that I'm never gonna have blue eyed, eyed uh, blonde kids. And I remember being sort of dumbfounded going the nerve of this guy. He hasn't even proposed <laughs> and he's already thinking about consummation and, and, and not having kids, you know? <laughs> but obviously, obviously, and I think, we were in love, but you, you know, know, and 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 it seemed like the natural thing to do mm -hmm. uh, to essentially talk about marriage and uh, you know what that would look like. And we were, you know, we, I'm sure we, I, you know, it's been a long time now, but I'm sure we were still really trying to, at the same time as we were in the the beautiful thralls of of uh, you know enthusiastic puppy love or whatever. Um, you know, we were still trying to figure out who each other were, were and what our life together could look like. And, and what is strange and actually funny is that after um, two generations, we have three, I mean, uh, uh, three kids, and now mm -hmm. we've got five grandchildren, and all five grandchildren have blue eyes and my uh, <laughs> hair. And so I, I and so I remarked that the Europeans have taken over again. Uh oh, <laughs> Europeans are good at that. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, one thing that actually I've I realized I've never asked you, which a big part of well, I mean, I feel like it, it came on later was the fact that so you, you were in college when you guys well yeah you were in college Aunt Millie when you guys met and you didn't go back to college correct. I did. Um, let's see. Um, oh, I guess you're right because I, I went to. I was yeah. I went to Fullerton College, college and got my AA, and then went to Cal State Fullerton. Yeah, and then once I got married, I never went back. But there's a reason for that. Um, it's not so much that I didn't. I mean, we had kids right away, three children, right. and we had a full time ministry with a house ministry with, you know, people living all around us. We had um, apartment complexes that we, it was like a halfway house. And it was a great place for our children to grow up with lots of uncles and aunts and things like that. And um, yeah, and actually I thought I was always going to go back and get, you know, finish my degrees and even go for a master's and PhD. Um, but I, that's a whole nother story. There was a reason why I didn't go back because I just sensed that um, that we were supposed to go out to the Hopis um, out in Arizona. And um, uh, there was a like a vision kind of a thing that I went through where I was um, given a picture of uh, me grasping at all these jewels, like... Um, and this person who saw this picture was one of our pastors. And, it, and uh, he said, you know, I saw you with this um, grasping at all these jewels, diamonds, pearls, and uh, sapphires. And, and um, Jesus was standing behind you. And, um, and it, it was just amazing because I just fell. And I had never fallen like that. Um, and I always made myself, I see, would see things like that on tele-evangelist kind of stuff. And I said, you know, nobody's going to do that to me. And I remember just just falling and I, you know, and just crying, weeping. And I, I just said, you know, um, uh, all those jewels for this earth, you know, later I found that was my education. And that I was going after the the um, financial security and and the status, you mm -hmm. know, of what people would think uh, in the community and uh, pride, things like that. And um, and I just decided that that was not for me, and that I just needed to follow my husband. 
out to Arizona. Wow. Okay. I mean, yeah, I definitely, I, I never knew the story behind it. Uh, I obviously being as uh, you know, being your nephew and kind of being a little bit more, um, I don't know, not uh, part of that directly is the fact of how that affected your relationship with your father, my grandfather, um, that uh, that was something that he didn't approve of. And the reason I wanted to bring that up was I wanted to kind of get into as far as your guys's as far as your guys's relationship, um, how your previous relationships and your family background has. Um, I don't know how it influenced your relationship and um, obviously the conflict that can come with that too, because I mean, from what I understand is that um, that your my grandfather essentially cut me off. Yeah. Didn't, yeah. He cut you off. Um, I don't know if you guys could I don't know, talk about that, the stuff we were just talking about. So kind of the, the family background and your previous background and how that influenced your relationship. <clears throat> well, you know, I, I, I know that those things are, uh, are are definitely there. You know, um, my my background is well. First of all, like like Millie, I'm I'm the firstborn, and that alone, you know, uh, I think does affect us. Um, you know, um, as firstborn, you know, we're we're, we're kind of the you know, your parents are, are, are learning how to be parents and you don't have any, any other siblings that have gone before you to kind of pioneer the way, uh, you know, on the, on the child's side of the equation of family life. And so, you know, you, you know, you tend, to, I think firstborns tend to be more assertive, more, um, even leaders sometimes. And, um, and sometimes in our relationship that, that gets to be a challenge because we, we both have a tendency naturally to sort of want to be in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take over this conversation. I, I got this. What does it have to do with what he's asking about the parents? Isn't it? And, yeah. and then uh, with the parents, um, my, uh, my father uh, died when I was five years old. He, he um, my parent, my parents, both both of my parents got polio in 1955, mm. the same year that the polio vaccine came out. Oh. And so, my in fact, they made medical history. Uh, they were the apparently the first couple, married couple, to have both the most severe form of the polio and the least. And my father died within three days. And my mom uh, never had any repercussions, hmm. and um, and that I know took a toll on me as a child. Um, and I mean, my most distinct memory of my dad is is standing outside of, of the bedroom door while he was in inside studying. He had, he was he had been a World War II veteran, and, he, and now he was married and had three kids and he was working full time and, and going to school. And so basically all what that all added up to was I didn't have any, didn't have very much time with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, any memories I've got are not really memories. They're, they're, you know, from photographs that show me with him. Um, so that one memory that I've got is, is simply being shut off from him. And so when he, when he passed away, that, that, you know, I, I won't go into all, you know, the story, but that, that definitely took a, a toll on me as a boy. And, um, and I just really craved uh, a dad. I craved male, adult male, um, uh, you know, attention. Um, mm-hmm. Now, how that affects me in my marriage, I, right at the moment, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that I can put that together. But, um, you know, I'm at that, you know, from that stage of my life, I was wounded. Um, How did you feel when my dad rejected you? I, you know, actually, at that point, I wasn't, I don't know that I was so, I wasn't like I was hurt. Maybe I was somewhat, but it wasn't like it was that big a deal. Actually, what, what, 
in my relationship with her father, what um, he he rejected me um, because I apparently because I was not Korean and because she was not finishing her schooling and and, and uh, you're you not know, a and, doctor and that we were <laughs> that we you know were quote unquote poor um, and and ministry mm-hmm. Christian ministry um, and so um, but later. Once we had our first child, um, at that point, he wanted to come and be part of our lives and, you know, and, and have the opportunity to know his first grandchild. At that point, I was ready to punch him out. <laughs> uh, you know, I was I was definitely upset, you know, that he thought he could just walk back into our lives at that point. But he did. And I didn't punch him out. And we ended up having a, you know, a pretty good relationship, actually. Um, again, that's a whole nother side of this larger story. Right. Um, and how, how about you, Millie? Um, I think, um, our relationship with our fathers, the girls, and even as boys with their dad, and I think that's a, a key, um, in people's lives and how we're going to function. And so I think it's a very, very important job uh, for um, fathers to be good to their um, daughters and sons. Uh, It's an opportunity for you to have a a great influence on this earth because um, when you are loved by your dad, and your mom, there's this um, anchor that cannot be moved in lives, no matter how difficult it can be. You know where you could go to get wisdom and understanding and counsel. And and so when a girl has a good father who loves her, that's a huge thing. And, and really, um, I didn't have that. And I think uh, like in Korean society where uh, education is their gods Mm -hmm. uh, um, and uh, affluent lifestyle is their gods, Um, fancy cars, uh, beautiful houses. It's not a home often because people are working most of the time and kids are babysitting themselves. these are, um, you know, it's become people's gods and um, fashions and things, you know, and I like to be fashionable. I think I'm pretty cool, uh, fashionable person. But you gotta, Yeah, you got a compliment on your jacket this evening. I know, and I got it at a thrift store, an antique store. You know, <laughs> That's amazing. Creativity. I, I was an art major, but... You know, I just feel like we make gods out of these things. And we re- we don't realize that there's an end to this. And what we have left is our influence uh, mm-hmm. of love uh, that we have left, you know, marks on different people's lives. And so, you know, um, someday when you guys have kids, I think just love them, spend time with them. Who cares about expensive toys and other things. But I remember Will said to me one time about our daughters, um, he said, you know, I'm going to love them so that some jerk doesn't come around someday and says, I love you more than your dad loves you, you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, uh, and they both, both of their husbands, you know, uh, when they wanted to date our daughters, they came through the proper gate, which is us, <laughs> their dad and mm-hmm. came and ask for a blessing, for permission to date our daughters. I mean, not marry, but to actually date our daughters, you know? And so, um, you know, they feared um, uh, dad who, who was gonna, you know, punch them out if it, they're not good to our daughters, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I think it's uh, has definitely, um, yeah, had a big uh, hole, black hole in my in my life that I was actually um, you know, trying to fill at different times with. Uh, um, jewels. Yeah, um, with other jewels <clears throat> at times, and uh, but 
I think it's good now. I think I love, um, uh, and that has actually, you know, influenced, I think, my relationship with Will. Uh, I, I know for sure. Uh, and I remember at times when we had our difficulties and I would rise up with huge anger inside of me because I, I was uh, seeing him through, you know, my dad. Mm-hmm. Right. Those, those difficulties, um, what what were some of the difficulties and hardships that you guys have um, had to overcome? Mm. I don't know whether there were too many. <laughs> what are the most memorable <laughs> for you, <then? laughs> I think we could have been divorced a thousand times. But uh, I think for us... Um, uh, the glue uh, was our faith mm-hmm. and uh, the glue was in knowing that we had the author of love inside of us and forgiveness, uh, the author of forgiveness inside of us and hope and joy and that we could start all over again every day. Well, we could take the risk of, uh, letting our guard down and just being vulnerable and, and apologizing. You know, we didn't necessarily have to win when all was said and done. And we could, we had to, we recognized we had to just get real and, and acknowledge where we screwed up and, and ask for forgiveness and, um, and give forgiveness, you know, with the hope that we could move on freshly. Because uh, otherwise, you get buried under all the resentments and, and you know, the unforgiveness. And I think it's important um, to mention, whether it's to the girls or uh, if it's a guy who's more submissive or um, not as, um, what's the word, um, you know, uh, when I first married Will, even though I was quite a leader myself um, uh, in college and things, I mean, all throughout high school and uh, junior high, that when I married him, because he was seven years older, I think I looked up to him so much to the point where I thought he knew everything. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. And, um, and he, um, you know, I looked up to him to the point where I realized for almost 10 years, I sort of uh, uh, didn't have an uh, opinion. Uh, And it was um, like, I think it's important for us in marriage and everybody's marriage that both female and the male, uh, both parties need to have your opinion um, that needs to be heard. And I think for me, it was not that he was trying to so much uh, submerge me or anything or make, make me submissive, but I think I looked up to him to the point where I thought, well, whatever he said must be okay. And that's what I need to go with. And I realized, you know, years later that I had a voice uh, on this earth and that I needed to stand up, starting with even small things like where to put the bookcase up or decorations up and things. And it was like all hell broke loose <laughs> at that point because all of a sudden then I think he was feeling insecure as a man and like maybe I, he thought I was uh, not respecting him or honoring him and all things like that. And we had to work through that. And I think it was good that we worked through that. Is that something you guys are still working through at, at each and every day, or do you, do you feel like you've kind of you're you're on equal playing fields now? Are you kidding? We're perfectly fine now. <laughs> well, obviously. <laughs> so, definitely, uh, no, I, I, definitely. I, I would agree with Millie, and um, I. Uh, it wasn't just that she thought that I, you know, that she kept quiet and she thought that I had the answers. Uh, there were definitely times where I would would kind of dominate, um, but later there we we had strife because uh, there were times where where there were areas of my life and responsibilities that I've you know I felt were my domain 
And at times uh, it seemed that she would come into that and want to direct me. And, um, and that, was, that was extremely difficult and really created some strife. I think we were in a unique situation because, you know, most uh, like you guys, you know, you go to one job and another one goes to the other job. Whereas we were in a ministry together 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. All the staff matters and all the students or different guests that show up or how to clean the place, how to manage finance for the ministry and things. It it was like two people with two different opinions and a hundred different opinions. (laughs) You know, so it was very difficult. But if we could get through it, I think other people could get through it. Uh, Again, I I think a a real key was, fortunately, I think we both had been instilled with the high value for marriage, um, you know, really through our our upbringing. Um, Even though we both, our our, our parents had, had been divorced, nonetheless, we had that that high value. And, uh, and so, like she said, I mean, probably a lot of marriages, um, would have, you know, fallen away, would have disintegrated. Um, you know, our case, that just wasn't an option. Um, we just, you know, it just simply wasn't an option and which actually it's, it's, on, it's, I think it's very unfortunate that in this day and age, um, for many people, and, and this is for people who have a spiritual orientation or religion or whatever, and, and those who don't, um, unfortunately, many people see marriage as uh, something that, you know, can be tossed and you just start over again. Yeah, I think it's really common now for people if it when like I feel like as soon as things get difficult, they're just kind of like, oh, well, we'll try again next time. Looking for a way out. Yeah. And they're very uh, unfortunate, extremely unfortunate perception that that love is is all about lovey dovey feelings and the other person making you happy. And uh, and. That's that's a nice side benefit that can be there at times, but most of the time it's it's a, it's a commitment to the relationship and a commitment to children uh, and grandchildren. To, you're right to your children, to your grandchildren, to even to your your friends and family around you mm-hmm. that you're going to see it through. You're gonna get you're gonna get mature. You're not gonna just have it be in a big huff and and you know. Um, and run off and, and, you know, look for the next little sweetie um, because you're just going to have the same thing again anyway. Right. Most, you know, repeat marriages also end in in divorce or, you know, are unhappy. So you might as well figure it out the first go round. (laughs) Um, And, you know, honestly for us, you know, there's still areas where we're struggling. Um, and so the things that we, what we've said tonight is what we're still doing, and that is still coming back to each other and, and uh, you know, tr- hopefully trying to discuss things and, and learn from our mistakes. And we, I mean, we have definitely advanced. We're not where we were, um, but we're not where we want to be either. It's imperfect. Um, you know, maybe some people have, uh, you know, healthier marriages, um, and I'm thankful for them <laughs> right but you know i mean real life for most of us i think is is a degree of struggle but there's also great rewards and you know and they're the whole gamut of of life you know um physical emotional sexual relational yeah sexual uh financial um there are many rewards areas um that and everything I just mentioned would have been negatively impacted if we had gotten divorced. Mm-hmm. So over, because you guys have had a committed relationship for over three decades, if you guys could diffuse a theme of what you feel your relationship has been, what do you think that theme would be? Well, 
we're thinking. <laughs> that's fine. No, I know it's not. It's not an easy like question. Like, oh, sure, it's that. Well, I mean, one one yeah. thought that comes to mind is just simply hope. Um, I think that's that's huge uh, for anybody. You know that you've got hope for for the future. Well, and I think hope for the future generations, and that it's not just about us. But I remember when we were struggling uh, uh, at one point where I literally had my uh, suitcase packed and ready to go more than once, actually, because it just got to a point where I thought um, I just couldn't do it. Um, and and um, But I remember thinking, you know what, I want to someday go to my children's, my daughter's and our son's wedding. I want to go to their graduations. I want to see our grandchildren be born. I want to go to their weddings and their graduations. And I don't want to have to have them go to separate grandma and grandpa's house for Christmas and um, Thanksgiving. I, I just thought there's more than just us. And somehow we could work through this. We could work through this. You know, with God's help, we could work through this. And um, I think if we just sit long enough and not get off, you know, um, off the couch, off, get out of the house, if we sit long enough, long enough to just ponder and think and pray, I think new strength will come and we could do it. You know, a lot more of us could do it. And our... You know, we've alluded to our, you know, our spiritual way, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been extremely important. I mean, honestly, even just to come in here tonight, I was tired and not really too enthused about doing this. Um, you know, and, and that's, I can say this, you know, for many years of my life where I'm struggling, right? I'm, I'm, I'm still, uh, you know, overseeing a number of people within the work that we do and, you know, staff that we've got. And there are certain challenges uh, that we, uh, you know, we all, all of us encounter in our work or our relationships or whatever it may be. And, um, and, and for me, prayer is huge. Um, it's not that I often get immediate answers and brilliant ideas, but I, I get to pour out these struggles and, and, uh, you know, and ambiguities or whatever it may be that I'm wrestling with in my life. And, um, and uh, you know, it gives me courage and hope to, uh, to be able to face these things um, on a daily basis, you know, without getting totally uh, run down and, uh, you know, wanting to give up. Um, so I've got hope because of that. Yeah, I mean, hope. I feel like hope is a great theme for your guys' story, and it's it's definitely been um, a I would say inspiring experience just hearing your guys' story and your background. Um, but I am also curious about what's next for your relationship and and just in general. Um, what do you guys have coming coming up on the journey? Well, I think um, like we said earlier. You know, when we first got engaged, Will had asked me, can you see yourself living on a boat when we get married? <laughs> and uh, I said, no, thank you. And uh, I said, I need a bit of earth, you know, for gardening or whatever. And uh, he said, well, you could have a pot of flowers or something, you know, on the boat, you know. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, thanks, you know. And um, finally, after now almost four decades of, you know, marriage, really, the um, a few more years and it'll be four decades and uh, we bought a boat sailboat and um, we've just been uh, going down to Phoenix area to Lake Pleasant and we got a incredible just a new thing in our lives you know we were doing things up in the mountains and rock climbing and you know, uh, river rafting. And now our newest thing is sailboat. And so uh, he is 
um, really tickled that he has a wife who actually loves to go down and sleep on the boat and wake up in the morning and cook breakfast, you know, and go sit out in the cabin um, watching the, you know, birds fly around and fishes jumping and uh, burrows, you know, uh, on the land. And um, uh, it's just very um, good. But at the same time, we um, are not so much... um, thinking about just retiring because there's more to life. I think we're going to be hopefully mentors um, and um, consultant to other leaders who've gone through hardship, who's going through hardships. And, and uh, we want to be an influence for the rest of our lives. You know, I don't think there's such word as retirement for us in that sense. I think we will always uh, hopefully, um, um, be a positive influence to bring hope to other people and other leaders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would agree with that. <clears throat> I think I, you know, I'd like to uh, say that for these last 20 years, we haven't touched on this so far uh, in, the, in the interview, but over the last 20 years, we have been very involved with native Americans and indigenous peoples in other parts of the world as well. And, um, <clears throat> And after 20 years, for, I guess I would first say I, I, I'm, I've learned a lot about that uh, population here in the United States and their history and their their struggle and um, and and the beauty of these people and so on and so forth. And and I'm at a place where um, I'm, I'm I'm hopeful for them that they will come into their own. Um, and I mention that because now that I. As Millie said, is now that we've started sailing, there's a part of me that's going, this is really good and I really enjoy this and it's really refreshing, hugely refreshing to my spirit to be uh, out on the water and on this sailboat. At the same time, I, I, there's a part of me that's going, okay, so what about this retirement thing? Um, can, you know, can I literally just walk away from everything and, and go sail off into the sunset. Um, or <laughs> there's something more, uh, you know, that my creator has got for me. Um, and so I've been praying about that. Really. I've been praying for the last number of months, <clears throat> um, and not wanting to contrive anything just so I can feel better that I'm serving somehow. And, you know, um, but I've wanted, I've just been putting that up to God. And as I shared with you today, just yesterday, uh, I was approached by a friend who, um, why this is a whole nother thing, but (laughs) (laughs) you're going to be a captain. (laughs) Basically asked me, am I, am I interested in, in getting a captain's license to help him with a a 175 foot long, uh, like a boat, me- medical ship, a yeah. medical a sh- ship that would serve indigenous peoples, uh, particularly uh, in the Caribbean. And, um, and I'm going, wow, what an amazing thought. And, um, and what I mean, what's really mind blowing is that I had actually considered that. Not, I mean, well, actually, yeah, I, I'd, cons- I'd already been thinking about getting uh, getting the training, et cetera, for a captain's license. And before he mentioned anything about it and I thought about, you know, sailing into the Caribbean, particularly in the area of Panama and the San Blas islands and the people of that area, indigenous peoples and so on and so forth. And now completely out of left field, so to speak, as somebody has approached me and, and asked me if I would want to do that, but on a ship, not a little 25, 30 foot sailboat, but on a full blown <laughs> big ship. And would I want to be captain of it or a captain of it? Oh my goodness. Um, so that sounds amazing. It's, yeah, it's a bit mind blowing. Right. Something you're still thinking about, huh? Yes. Oh, yeah, well, for sure. I, as Millie said, we need to count the cost. We'll be in prayer. And we just, you know, we really need to have a internal peace before we would step into that as a couple right 
Yeah, that that absolutely sounds amazing. Um, so just to kind of sort of wrap things up and and summarize everything, um, we wanted to ask you guys what and this this may be repetitive to something you already said, but just we just kind of want to reiterate yeah. um, the main the main purpose um, and what you guys feel is the key to a happy, healthy relationship. And also, if you have any advice for uh, people who are still searching for the one or for their soulmate. Um, kind of a two-parter question. I think I could, I could begin with the second part of that question. When I was uh, about 25, um, I had just finished four years in the Navy. I was going back to school again, back to college. Um, and I, at that age, 25, 26, I was really feeling that I was ready. Uh, ready for a partner and um, and for a while there I was you know I was pursuing that goal I was you know dating and, and whatnot and I finally just sort of came to the end of, of myself in a, in a sense and, and and recognized that I could not make this happen um, well you can make it happen but you may get the wrong person right mm -hmm. yeah but again yeah I couldn't make it happen and uh, and maybe it was just a gift from God, but I just um, I just came to a, a place in my life where I was willing to just put that down and uh, be patient, be at peace with myself and, and, and you know, and that particular need and uh, and wait. And um, and so I did. And I, again, I'm not even sure that I can give myself credit for that. I, it was like I say, it was sort of a gift, and uh, to have that patience and that confidence and that uh, hope um, that I could trust, um, you know, my father above with with that need for his son, me, and 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 that proved to be the very good for my life. Well, and I think that's such a, actually such an important question you are asking. And um, it could be very complicated for some people, but I think it could be also very simple. And I think if you have um, a loving uh, uh, father or mom or somebody who you respect and could get some counsel before just rushing in, um, because it is, it is a lot more than just uh, sex appeal or sexual relationship. It is going to be uh, where uh, two people coming together as a union to live the rest of, you know, hopefully rest of your lives together. And, um, and I just see so many girls and guys even um, hanging out. Uh, with people that are so, it's not healthy relationship. It's abusive, and um, hopefully, you know, if somebody notices that, somebody needs to maybe just mention it to each other, and that's love, and to say, you know, I see that person's not treating you right, and uh, and to listen rather than being so smitten. And um, just so enmeshed that you settle for second best or no best at all. And, um, um, you know, it's a hard thing when somebody thinks they're in love. But I think it's so important to really think about, is this somebody that I could uh, share the rest of my life with? Is, is this somebody who I could go to concert with and talk about it afterwards? And uh, somebody I could raise um, our children together is somebody uh, that I, I would respect or he would respect me or vice versa. And, uh, you know, some questions need to be asked and counseling is good. And uh, not to just, uh, just jump in so quickly because it is the most important decision you will make for the rest of your life and for the next generations. And I would like to add... I think an underpinning to that is we all need to daily feed our soul and our spirits. 
And especially today uh, in this country and our culture of Western society, but it's becoming international, is we are so diverted uh, in, you know, by media and, uh, you know, many, many forms of what really kind of is empty entertainment. Yeah, media could be very good. Yeah. Um, I mean, this if is it is used for we're, good. What yeah. we're doing right here is an example of what's good and how to feed yourself. But there's so much uh, junk food of the soul out there. And I, a lot of us have been junk food junkies, uh, the things of the soul. And, um, and it's extremely easy to think that just because you're, you're occupying your time and it's entertaining that it's somehow a value. And, and so we really need to uh, be people who, who get quiet from time to time and just take a walk in the park or on the beach or wherever and ask the question, why am I here? And how did I get here? And what's this about? What's, what's the, the grand purpose for, for humanity and for, for my life? You know, is it just to consume? Um, and I guess I would just leave it at that, but there's, there is way more for us. And I, I thank, I really am very thankful that we've been privileged to have opportunity to experience some of that. You know, we haven't arrived by any means. Uh, we're not Mother Teresa by any means. <laughs> we got too we, much temper. <laughs> we, you know, we have had some opportunity to, to serve uh, humanity and serve even the planet. And I'm, I'm really thankful for that. And then, so, I mean, it sounds like, you know, you guys have uh, shared a lot with us, but one thing we always want to make sure we do at the end of our interview is just to say, you know, just to give you guys the option to add anything else, if there's anything else that you wanted to mention to say that we didn't ask you or that was on your mind. I mean, obviously, I think we've had a lot of tangents, but really good tangents about talking about things that really matter and and uh, the key parts of, of maintaining a relationship and to actually commit to it. But if there's anything else you guys would like to add, um, is there anything? I just feel like um, I'm thankful for this opportunity to, um, yeah, to be interviewed. I think it's great that you guys are caring enough about relationships uh, of others uh, to get basically stories um, of those who've gone through um, and uh, what has helped them. And I think this would hopefully help others. So thank you. Thank you. How about you, Uncle Will? Is there anything else that you'd like to add? No, no I think just maybe perhaps really just to reiterate that what I just said is that, is that we we all as human beings need a foundation for our lives. And it, it, you know, we need to find out what, what truly has substance and, um, and feed on, on that, which has real substance and, um, and, and move forward with that purpose for our lives and, um, and be willing to, um, you know, don't look back at our failures. That doesn't accomplish anything. Um, but just keep, you know, keep looking up and, and forward. And, and uh, you know, when we do fall down, to uh, quickly stand back up, dust ourselves off, uh, mend whatever relationships may have been damaged, and, and keep moving. Because um, it's just too easy for any of us to, to stagnate you know, in regret or whatever it may be. Um, that's just not what we're here for. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it. And yeah, we, we really, really appreciate it. Yeah. We love you guys. <laughs> love you too. Aww. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I guess from there, I just want to 
say, you know, thanks for, for being on. And if for all, the, all of you guys that are listening, if you guys have any relationship stories that you'd like to share, or if you know somebody who has a great, just a, a great story also too. You can send us a message on our Facebook page at Relationship Goals Podcast. Um, you cannot send us an email on our website because it is under construction right now. Um, so just send us a message on our Facebook page at Relationship Goals Podcast. And don't forget to go over to our Instagram, Relationship Goals underscore podcast, and give us a like and a follow and some love. And you can get the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, all those places. So Every Monday. Every. Oh, that's right. That, that <laughs> Monday thing. That's right. Well, uh, thanks, thank you guys for listening. And we will see you next Monday. And uh, we're going to go eat some pastries with Aunt Millie and Uncle Will. We love pastries. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you later. Bye.